Hello, this is Josh Scher, and I'm here with Brian Croft, and today we're going to talk about the role of a lay pastor, and uh, we want to get practical with this. There are a lot of good books that you could read out there. Uh, maybe we'll throw out some recommendations at some point, but really, we just want to talk about the dynamics of that relationship. What does a healthy and helpful lay pastor look like in a ministry uh, for the senior pastor or for the church? And uh, what are the opportunities, challenges, etc.? So, Brian, I just want to ask you to start by describing and defining what is a lay pastor. Yeah, so I think we'd probably think of two categories. One is a, a staff pastor, either full-time or has a staff role within the church. And then there's a, a lay pastor that has the same authority and function as the other pastors, but are not compensated by the church, which means that and they're not even so they're not even bivocational in a sense um, because they're having to work outside the ministry to make their full-time income to be able to support their family and do those kinds of things so the lay pastor is is very unique in that way and the lay pastor also is a category that um, at least certain insert some in our circles southern baptist circles don't have a category for like they know that senior pastor they maybe know a staff pastor but a lay pastor who's not compensated by the church but somehow plays this role as a pastor is different and so but that's particularly what um we're going to talk about and that we have at our church here and that oh i am encouraging others to look in other churches to look in those options so can you just describe what the pastoral team looks like here at auburndale as an example of like staff pastors and then non-staff or lay pastors yeah and, and i think our church is very similar to um, a lot of churches that were a smaller church, you know, about a hundred folks. And so I'm the only full-time senior pastor. I'm the senior pastor. I'm the only full-time pastor on staff. We have a, a few part-time uh, folks that work. And actually you are one of the ones that are very part-time compensated, uh, but work a full-time job also. Uh, so we see you kind of more in a bivocational role, but then we have two other pastors who are not compensated at all by the church. They both work jobs outside of this church and the ministry to support. They both have families they support with that. And yet they still have the authority and the role of a shepherd in this church. So what are the unique uh, opportunities and contributions that lay pastors can make to you and to the church? I want to start been thinking about to, to you as our lead senior pastor, What's missing if you don't have these other lay pastors? So what, what's the unique contribution they make? It's a good question, and I think any senior pastor or any single pastor serving in a church right now who does not have any other pastors with him uh, knows the answer to this question pretty quickly, and that's the burden to care for souls is too great for one man. And so the first benefit to have lay pastors even though they're not able to maybe give a ton of time to the work of the ministry, like like you are able to, as, a, as I'm able to as a full-time person, um, to be able to carry that burden with caring for souls with other men, whether the men who are qualified, who have shepherd's hearts, who the congregation is affirmed have that shepherd's heart, is invaluable. It's just hard to describe. So the, I believe the, the Bible is very clear about plurality of pastors, but from a just a practical standpoint, uh, a plurality a plurality of pastors is so essential just to be able to care well for the souls of the people in the church. Mm-hmm. And this might be a similar answer, but what are the advantages of the church 
to have lay pastors. So maybe there's a church out there that has lay pastors and maybe they don't appreciate them. Like they appreciate the senior pastor. What should they appreciate about them? Uh, maybe churches that only have a single pastor that are considering moving that way. What are the advantages to the church for having multiple lay pastors? Yeah. So one big advantage is that you, you have other men qualified in this office who have different gifts than you. So you, so you as a senior pastor, one have to recognize your own limitations and two, you've got to be willing to hand that authority to other men who can flourish in it and will and will help the church. So, just being able to have, um, you know, three or four, you know, heads is better than one in a sense to be able to think through issues. I mean, think about pastoring. Pastoring, you you have all kinds of gray areas and messy pastoral situations that just requires wisdom and discernment. And it was a very lonely place to do that by myself. And it's so helpful to have other men to do that. And then other men just to carry the, the weight of the work of pastoral work. So preaching and soul care and doing different things with people, um, being able to, um, I mean, you know, our members meetings now, I mean, I, I have a part in the members meetings, but so do the other pastors pretty equally as far as the amount of issues that we're each addressing. So you're sharing the load of the pastoral work in general. Um, another huge benefit that needs to be acknowledged is the that what if something happens to me and so my I've kind of always said if you know if I go out and get hit by a truck today that this church is able to have pastors and shepherds and continue on when what a lot of churches end up having to do is when they're when something happens to a senior pastor or like many they kind of go to place to place and don't stay a long time congregations are constantly in the place having to find another a pastor to come to their church even having lay pastors who are affirmed by the church, who are gifted in those ways and affirmed to be shepherds, can just step in and not only shepherd the church in that interim, but then be the ones to help find another senior pastor to come. What do you look for in a lay pastor? Well, some of the best advice I ever got was to, um, the way you want to find your pastors in the church, your pastors, your elders, is to look for the men who function like a pastor, who have a shepherd's heart, and who do so without the recognition or the title. Um, and that's how you're going to find who those men really are. Um, the ones who are already doing the work, because a shepherd's heart cannot help itself but to just shepherd people. And so you want to look for the men who are doing that kind of work. And that has been invaluable advice for me. And, and just about every pastor that... I have one either brought on on our church to serve or even a man we would raise up to send out as a pastor to go pastor a church somewhere. That has been the criteria. I look to see that they're doing actual real pastoral work before they're ever recognized for it. So what does that process look like here at Auburndale? Say you've identified somebody that you think would serve well as a pastor. They're doing pastoral work. Uh, What does that process look like here from, you know, moving from that person being a church member to then being affirmed as a as a pastor of the church. Well, first thing is we we never we're always as pastors kind of talking about that and different people who might be in the pipeline to play that role. When it comes time to move maybe move forward on somebody to make them a pastor, all there's four of us now, but all the pastors, all four of us have to be in a full agreement to that the person we would want to pursue should be pursued. So if there's any hesitation, we won't move on it and. 
and that's we don't make decisions like that in every aspect of the church, but this one is so crucial because these are the men you're going to serve with, and they've got to be on board on who they're who's coming to serve with them. So it's got to start there. If it gets past all four of us, and all four of us say yes, this person we want to pursue, then we go to the congregation, and we do this about once a year, just anyways, whether we're looking for pastors and deacons or not, and we'll ask them for suggestions. We don't use the term recommendations. But we do say suggestions because we want to hear the voice of the congregation. But a recommendation has a feel to it that there's, there's a bit of an obligation potentially that we have to do whatever the congregation says in that way. And so that's not what we're doing. We want suggestions so we can hear their voice. But ultimately, I believe that pastors are the ones that identify pastors. And when we go through that process, we usually, our pattern now has been the pastors have to be in unanimous agreement to pursue somebody. We put it just out there to the church and he'd get their suggestions. And if that man that we want to pursue is overwhelmingly supported by the congregation, that's kind of a double affirmation for us to know to move forward. Without that, at least in the last you know eight or nine years, we will not move on anybody unless we get affirmations in both those areas. Yeah. A couple other steps in the process that I'll just list off. You can comment on any of these if you'd like. So the pastors would talk, uh, you know, have somebody in mind, get suggestions from the congregation. Then the pastors would approach that person that we would like to put into that process, uh, make sure that they want to enter into that process. We would announce it to the congregation. So we have monthly members meetings here. So then we would announce it to the church and then allow the, the congregation an opportunity to talk to that individual. Then we would have another members meeting where we would allow the congregation to ask this person anything, doctrinal questions, questions about their life. Um, Then that person would probably preach on a Sunday morning to the congregation. And then the following members meeting, usually we would have a vote, a discussion as a congregation and then a vote to appoint that person as a pastor. If that goes through, then we would have uh, like an ordination ceremony where we would lay hands on them, have them take vows, pray for them. Any Anything you want to add to that process? Any comments you want to make about that? Yeah, so I mean, just to, to summarize that, so we have a two-month vetting process, is what Josh just articulated. And the vetting process is designed for that, that potential pastor, and if he's married, his wife, to be able to talk, to have time to talk through whether they want to take this on. Um, it gives the congregation time to talk to them. It gives the congregation time to talk to us. So, you know, when we may have a couple of people who have concerns and we inv- we invite those concerns to come to the other pastors and, and then we talk about them. And, and, and usually we're able to uh, help people understand th- it may be a misunderstanding. It just may be, you know, wh- how they feel about that person, but it allows conversations to happen at least. And it gives us pause on whether or not we would want to move on this person or not. So that... It's not a done deal at all. That two months is a specific vetting process that is in place to give us time in the congregation time that this is what we want to affirm. Yeah. Uh, what are some unique challenges that lay pastors have that you've observed? Probably a better question for you, <laughs> but uh, I would say the the main challenge, two main challenges come to mind. One is um, these men who serve in this way, in most cases— are love the work of being a pastor and they want to do it all the time. So there's that that frustration and just trying to have more time to be able to do the work. 
and they you know maybe get they maybe have five maybe ten hours a week they can give to the pastoral work that and so they have to be really choosy about what they spend their time doing um the second challenge is just feeling out of the loop and i hear this a lot in churches where you bigger churches that have maybe like a hand a senior pastor a handful of full-time pastors and then you got like another five or seven lay pastors and the staff pastors are discussing things all the time. They're together all the time, dealing with things on a day-to-day basis. And then guys come to the pastors, you know, elders meetings once or twice a month and get kind of updated on these things. And the lay pastors just get frustrated feeling out of the loop. So that's been a big frustration for, I see that across the board. And it's a constant challenge, I think, when you got churches that have staff pastors and then lay pastors in them. Yeah, something I've observed in, in other churches, uh, not at, at Auburndale, but is sometimes lay pastors can be viewed as not full status of a pastor, uh, like a right. half of a pastor. Yep. And I think you, and this is a good word for, I think, senior pastors or staff pastors to recognize the responsibility and authority and validity of lay pastors. I think you do a great job of modeling that, giving us opportunities to preach, to lead in members meetings or in other ways to affirm and uphold the value of lay pastors. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, but I mean, it has, I have found that it takes a real intentional effort by the senior, by the guy who's the most influential as you move to this model, that you have to, you have to give these men authority and bless them to the congregation. And I've watched guys who recognize they need other pastors around them, but are not able to give the pulpit up much. They're not able to give their authority up. Um, they're not able to let other pastors lead in, in different ways. And so, you know, even just a, a small adjustment we made a few years ago that I think was huge is I was, for years, I was the one always leading all the members meetings and addressing all the pastoral issues. And there came a point where we just divided it up evenly. And I think that's been really important. In fact, Josh, I mean, think about our last members meeting this past week where you know, you led, you had more things to address more and led on more things than I did. And I think that was good because it was a reflection of some of the areas you've been working in. But uh, I think people have come to, to expect to see you in that role. And I think that's good and healthy for our church. Yeah. Uh, last question I want to ask, and you can talk about anything else you want to, but is, um, you know, so you have lay pastors in a church, you have a, a team of pastors. What's a good way to leverage those resources? You talk about different giftings. Uh, is it helpful to have, you know, other pastors, you know, leading up certain ministries or caring, you know, they have unique relationships with people. Uh, what are some ways, either those or others, that it's it's helpful for a pastoral team to work together with lay pastors, staff pastors? Well, again, I think it goes back to knowing, uh, knowing the gifts that each pastor has. So the way we try to word it, when, when I get asked a lot about how our pastors function with one another, that we're, we take pretty seriously that every one of the pastors at our church, regardless on who they are, whether they're paid or not, um, will have a certain amount of responsibilities to in ministry of the Word, so preaching and teaching in the church. Then they will have a certain amount of shepherding responsibilities. So there are certain churches that have a, a big group of pastors, but some of them may never preach, and some of them may never shepherd people. They're just doing administration or whatever. And so we've made it very clear that anybody who's a pastor, first and foremost, has to 
shepherd and has to uh, minister the word in some way. After that, then we kind of assess the gifts of different men and then try to to divvy up responsibilities based on the gifts of that person. So um, especially with the lay pastors, you've got to be very creative with this and know what their gifts are and to make sure that the little time they have to spend, that they're spending it on the things that they're gifted to do and that they'll flourish in. And so I, I think that that's a big piece to utilizing the resources, especially of a lay pastor, because they just have very little time, and and we want to try to use that to the to the best of our ability. Yeah. Well, I just want to say in conclusion on my part that it's been a pleasure to serve with you for these years and for however many more years God gives us together. Um, I think you have modeled well how pastors can work together on a team, whether they're staff, pastor, or lay pastor. Uh, any concluding thoughts, anything you think we should say before we wrap this up? Yeah, and one thing that comes to mind, I, I would just say that it's maybe the maybe the most important decision I ever made in this church was to bring other pastors on. Um, but it was a battle to do that, and uh, it was worth it, but it took years. And, and so a couple of things come to mind. One is, is if you're slugging away by yourself and you really know you need other pastors, um, just be praying that God would begin to raise them up, start looking for those men, and be patient. Realize you may have to slug away for a few years by yourself, but be intentional and diligent about praying for those men, for God can raise those men up in your midst. The other is, especially talking to the senior pastors who want other pastors, elders to serve with, make sure you spend time knowing what your role is. So I was a senior for a good five years before and any other pastors came on in that way. Then when, when we brought pastors on, I started trying to hand away my authority and my influence as much as I could to these men, put push them up, for, up in front, and I would try to step back. What I found at about year nine and ten after doing that, uh, or after about three or four years of having pastors, is I had stepped away from my unique role I needed to play among these men as the senior pastor. So... Um, I needed to lead these men. Somebody's still got to be the leader of the leaders. And I believe that I had failed in a lot of ways in that. And it was out of me wanting to just be able to push them forward so they could um, have the influence and authority that I had gained in those times. So I then had to come back and try to start leading it again in a way I wasn't. And that was important, I think, for our church. It was important for our other pastors. So I would just specifically stress to the senior pastors, know your limits and your giftings so you get other men around you. But you have to have gifts of leadership and vision and knowing how to care and lead other leaders if you're going to be the senior pastor uh, among that group. Yeah. Would you close by just praying for senior pastors and lay pastors and pastoral teams that God would use them to care for his church well? I will. Lord, you know the the different pastors listening to this, and I pray that you would um, begin to stir their hearts to want to serve with other men, knowing that that's your design and plan. Lord, would you begin to raise men up in their midst in each of these churches that would be able to serve alongside them to minister the word, to shepherd your people, and that you would do that across this globe in the different churches. Um, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen these pastors that are listening to this, that they would know your work in their life and in their ministry, and that you would sustain them even as they wait for you to raise these these pastors up in their midst. And would you do it, Lord, so that the church is 
well cared for and their souls are cared for and the word is properly preached and taught so that Christ would be known and, and those who would hear him would come to know him. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Trench Talk. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you might have for us. So to get in touch with us, you can email us at brian at practicalshepherding.com or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter. You can find out more about Practical Shepherding at our website. And at the website, you can find our blog and you can also find information about articles and books that we've published. You can also find out information about our regional workshops where we engage pastors face-to-face to equip them for the trench work of ministry. So until next time, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you as you labor in the trenches of pastoral ministry.